And now, Fastened Like Nails with Dr. Mark Hamby. Welcome back to Fasten Like Nails. I'm Mark Hamby, and today we're going to jump back into our exciting new series, so let's listen in. And we see that with David. When he messed up really, really bad, he was devastated and crushed. And, you know, we have that whole psalm about his, you know, him trying to restore that relationship with the Lord. He was crushed, not that he was going to have all these consequences, but that he had ruined his relationship with the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lady in Los Angeles, California. She fell on a sidewalk and the x-rays showed that she had uh, shattered her arm, the bone in her arm, Whoa. in 30 different places. Hard sidewalk. <laughs> no, hollow bones. Mm. They found out that depression, this lady had been depressed for over a decade, that depression actually hollows out the bones. No way. Makes them, makes them brittle. Mm-hmm. And, that um, makes sense. Laughter is like medicine, health to the bones. bones. Mm. What, what redemption does and the forgiveness of sins does, is it allows us to laugh again. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll never forget the time when uh, I started to change as a dad and um, started to give grace to my son, uh, Jonathan. And up to that point, I was very legalistic, very harsh, and um, started exercising grace. I'll never forget one day in church service, I told him to sit up. And he wrote me a note and said, I did sit up. And... Uh, and uh, he said, Dad, always trying to find some way. Of, you're always trying to find some way to correct me. Mm. Well, why don't you just let me listen and understand in peace? <laughs> you know, and, and, <laughs> and I was getting ready to write another letter like, you better sit up or, you know, you'll see what happens when you get home. And instead, God just kind of spoke to my heart and mm-hmm. said, like, he, could we have just drove through the night. We were at a conference. He's exhausted. I'm exhausted. Mm-hmm. And all I care about is the way he looks in church. Mm. And uh, God's like, he's here and he's in my house. Mm. And I'm like, oops. And so I, I looked over to him and I said, I'm so sorry. You know, and uh, he looked at me and he started laughing. He started laughing so loud. We could, and then I started laughing. Next thing you know, in the middle of the service, we're both <laughs> laughing. Then Debbie starts laughing. Jennifer starts laughing. David starts laughing. We had to leave church because <laughs> we were laughing so hard. <laughs> I think redemption releases the reservoir of mm. hurt, you know, and, and loss of forgiveness. It opens the door for healing in our lives. Laughter is like medicine. Well, there's no laughing. This is no laughing matter here with Jeroboam. Mm. Um, all he gets is the healing of his hand, and the prophet says, okay, you're healed. Verse 5. This is really interesting. As his hand, though, before it's healed, and he can't draw it back, it says this in verse 5, the altar also was torn down and the ashes poured out from the altar according to the sign of the man of God given to him by the word of the Lord. Mm. And the king said to the man of God, entreat now the favor of the Lord your God and pray for me and let me be restored. Notice what happens right during the word of God comes true immediately. Mm. The ashes are poured out onto the altar. Wow. You know, but he gets healed, but he doesn't restore the altar the way it was supposed to be. Mm. He's not going to go to Jerusalem no matter what. And notice verse 9. For so it was commanded by me, by the word of the Lord. Jeroboam says, um, I'm going to pay you for healing me. I'm going to have you come home with me. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to give you all this amazing reward. Mm-hmm. And the man of God says, no, you won't. Because God's word said to me, don't go with anybody. Don't take any money. Mm. I'm going, not going to go back the same way I came. And the man goes. You know the rest of the story, right? Mm-hmm. Prophet comes. 
prophet hears about what just happened, sends a note to him and says, we'd like you to come to my house and eat, sends his sons. The prophet says, no, God's word said I'm not to return to anybody. The man of God, the other prophet, the older prophet comes to him himself and says, hey, listen, um, I heard what you just did with Jeroboam. Pretty amazing stuff. You have the power of God in you. And guess what? I'm a prophet too. Mm-hmm. I'm like you. And the prophet, the young prophet says, sorry, but I can't go home because the word of God said that I can't go home with you because the word of God said that I must not take a reward, not eat bread with anyone, not drink water with anyone. I need to go back, mm-hmm. back home to Jerusalem. And the old prophet lies and says, an angel told me to come and talk to you and mm. said, come with me. We know from the New Testament, even if an angel of heaven comes and gives you another message that's not in line with the word of God, don't believe it. Mm-hmm. A lot of people today, Molly, they're saying, God spoke to me about this. God spoke to me about this. God told me to do this. I had a guy one time tell me that he was going to divorce his wife because God told him to divorce his wife. Mm-hmm. Is that the dumbest thing? I've not only heard this once, I've heard it at least two or three times. Mm-hmm. I had a guy, a counselor, a counselor, a very um, esteemed counselor in, um, in, the, in the area where we lived in Pennsylvania. And uh, he said to his wife, he goes, I think we've gone as far as we could go. Mm. Um, I don't think we have a healthy relationship now, but I think all the things that I was able to learn from you, I've learned. And maybe hopefully the things you've learned from me, we've learned. We need to go our separate ways. I believe that God has spoken to me about this. I'm like, seriously? God doesn't speak to us about stuff like that. God mm-hmm. hates divorce. God never mm-hmm. misaligns his word with what people think and what people feel. Mm-hmm. You know? So, the prophet goes back. They're eating. They're eating together. And all of a sudden, God says to him in the middle of the meal, you disobeyed the word of the Lord. You're going to die. So, on his way out, he gets on his donkey. A lion comes, kills him, doesn't touch the donkey, doesn't, uh, the lion just sits there, and the old prophet hears what just happened. Hmm. And the old prophet said, this is the man of God. And notice what it says. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. I love this. This is one of my favorite parts in this chapter. Such a weird story after this whole civil war. Like this little side note about these two prophets. Mm-hmm. It is a weird story, it's, it's isn't it? It's kind of bizarre. Notice what it says in verse 20, in the, middle of the, in the middle of their eating and drinking. Okay, this is what it says in verse, um, verse 19. Mm-hmm. But the old prophet, okay, let's go back to 18. And he said to him, I also am a prophet as you are. And an angel spoke to me by what? The word of the Lord. Ooh. Saying, Bring him back with you into your house that he may eat bread and drink water. But he lied to him. So he went back to him and he ate bread in his house and drank water. How do you discern when someone says to you, God spoke to me to tell you this? Yeah, this is interesting because um, I feel like this is going to come up later with Josiah. Um, Mm -hmm, And I think an important thing is... At the end of the day, it's going to be you and God, and you're going to be responsible for what he has said to you. And so, you know, if God told me, Molly, 
I want you to do this thing. I want you to go and speak at the conference on Saturday. And then someone else came and they were like, hey, you know, I've just been having this uneasy feeling about you speaking on Saturday. And I really just came and I think I think I'm supposed to just tell you that you're not supposed to do that. So if I like freaked out and listened to what I think that the key thing is that in this story, you know, he didn't even know this other prophet. He didn't know his character. He didn't know anything about him. It just sounded good. And so he should have known, like, the Lord told me to do something, and I'm, I'm going to be responsible to God. He didn't, it, like, the text doesn't even show that he stopped to even ask God, like, oh, is that what I'm mm. going to do? And so that's like, you know, did God really say that? Well, you know, he told me this, and so— new truth, new quote-unquote revelation, you know. We see, like, different cults that come up with that theology. Like, oh, you know, God told me this. And it's like, oh, well, you know, that's not in Scripture, but, I mean, who am I to say what God told you or what God didn't tell you? And so, like, I'm going to base my whole theology based off of what, you know, you said was revealed to you or whatever. And that's that's very dangerous. When when someone says to me, God told me to tell you this, Mm -hmm. I usually say, well, he didn't tell me, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. because— and then, then if if they persist in it, I'd say like, well, show me, show me in His Word where it mm-hmm. says that. No one has ever been able to do that. I, Debbie and I were at a conference one time where people came up and were so called prophesying over mm-hmm. us, telling us mm-hmm. all the things that was going to happen here at Lamplighter and what God was going to do in my life, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. We were at another conference and they were doing the same type of thing. I don't know how I find myself in these types of conferences. And they were prophesying. It was the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, so okay, weird. which one are you going to believe? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Neither, you know, because uh-huh. God speaks to us through his word. Mm-hmm. I, I have dates throughout the scriptures mm-hmm. where God literally speaks to me through mm-hmm. his word to tell me what I should be doing years after prayer. That's very good. And I put a date down there. God mm-hmm. spoke to me about this. Mm-hmm. And then there needs to be confirmation. Mm-hmm. You know, then I will go and talk to two or three witnesses. That's good. You know? Not do, just like one person. Do you see, yeah, like, do you see this in my life? Mm-hmm. You know, when I was going to go into the ministry, there had to be confirmation. Mm. There had to be years of prayer be- before we actually made a move. Mm. Um, so, notice what it says in verse 21. And this is, this is while they're eating at the table. This is before the prophet has died. He's gone back. The old prophet lied to him, said, an angel said to come back with me. Verse 21 And he cried to the man of God who came from Judah, thus says the Lord. Now, notice verse 20. And as they sat at the table, the word of the Lord came to the prophet who had brought him back. This is the old prophet. Hmm. The old prophet is going to speak the words of God right now. Hmm. He's going to tell the truth for the first time. The old prophet who had lied to him and brought him back is going to be the one now who's going to prophesy and tell him he's going to die. Crazy? Yeah. I kind of wish that it would backfire and that the guy who lied got the consequence. Yeah. Isn't that something? Yeah. The guy who lied doesn't get the consequence. I don't understand that. You're going to see it. Watch. Verse 21. And the old prophet cries to the man of God who came from Judah and says, Thus says the Lord, because you have disobeyed the word of the Lord and have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God, that the Lord God commanded you, Mm -hmm. but have come back and eaten bread and drunk water in the place which... I said to you, eat no bread or drink no water. Your body shall not come to the tomb of your fathers. And after they had eaten and drunk and bread, he gets on the donkey and he goes away. Mm-hmm. Now, notice this in verse 26. And when the prophet who had brought him back from the way, now he goes off, mm-hmm. gets on his donkey, he gets killed by a lion, the young prophet. Mm-hmm. The lion doesn't touch the donkey. 
The lion's sitting there and waiting. The old prophet hears that the young prophet had died. Mm -hmm. Verse 26, And when the prophet who had brought him back from the way heard of it, said, It's the man of God who disobeyed the word of the Lord before the Lord had... Before, therefore, the Lord has given him to the lion and has torn him and killed him according to? The word of the Lord, which the, he spoke to him. The old prophet gets it. Mm. You know, he gets it. The young prophet has died because he did not obey the word of the Lord, even though this guy was the one that lied to him. Mm. So all of this, chapter 12, with Rehoboam and Jeroboam, mm-hmm. with this crazy thing with Jeroboam's hand mm-hmm. being seized up, all of this is teaching one thing. Listen to the word of the Lord. Don't go outside it. Mm -hmm. When you go outside of the word of the Lord, you start worshiping God in different ways. Mm -hmm. You start believing other people when they tell you things. You lack discernment in Mm -hmm. the direction you're supposed Mm -hmm. to go. Things get confusing and muddled and you start messing with things that you should never be messing with. Yeah. We lose the ability to discern between good and evil. Mm -hmm. Notice what it says in verse 31. And after he had buried him, okay, Mm-hmm. Now, look, look at verse 30. And he laid his body in his own grave. And they, this is the old prophet, buries the young prophet mm-hmm. in his own grave. And they mourned over him, saying, Alas, my brother. And after he had buried him, he said to his sons, When I die, bury me in the grave in which the man of God is buried. Lay my bones beside his bones. For the saying that he called out by the word of the Lord against the altar in Bethel and against all the houses of the high places that are in the cities of Samaria shall surely come to pass. This guy is so messed up. Not really. What's going on? No, this is so cool. He gets it. The old prophet gets it. Hmm. He doesn't want to be a part of the false worship. Hmm. He wants to be buried next to the prophet of God because he knows that what the prophet said, the prophecy, that all of this calamity was going to come upon the false prophets and false teachers and false priests, Mm. he himself realizes that the word of God is really going to come to pass. Notice what he says in verse 33, or verse 32, for the saying that he called out by the word of the Lord. And it ends there, and then it gives this concluding statement in verse 33. And this thing Jeroboam did. And, And after this thing, Molly, look at the ending Look at the concluding statement of Jeroboam. Hmm. After this thing, Jeroboam did not turn from his evil way. But Molly, the verse before this, mm-hmm. the old prophet turns from his evil way. Hmm. There's, the, there's the contrast here. The old prophet gets it. He realizes that the word of God is really going to come true. In contrast, Jeroboam does not really believe that the word of God is going to come true. And as hmm. a result... It says, Jeroboam did not turn from his evil way. The old prophet does. Jeroboam doesn't. But he made priests for the high places among the people. And anyone who would, he ordained to be priest of the high places. And this thing became sin to the house of Jeroboam, so as to cut off and destroy it from the face of the earth. And at that Mm -hmm. time, God's going to send him another Mm -hmm. shot over the bow and try to get his attention. And it's going to be through Josiah, the sickness of his own son, Abijah. And he's going to send a prophet named Ahijah to speak to Jeroboam one more time Mm. to see if he'll turn to the word of the Lord. That's good. Okay, so here's the conclusion Uh to the whole matter. If you're not going to listen to the word of God, 
it's going to bring calamitous results. Mm -hmm. The Word of God is so important to our lives, and very few people really know it and read Mm -hmm. it. Um, Dale Moody, George Mueller. George Mueller read the Bible from cover to cover four times every year from the time he was 71 to the time he was 92. One for each season. Unless you know the Word of God, unless you are intimate with the knowledge of the Mm -hmm. Word of God— the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Mm-hmm. Hating what God hates, loving what God loves. But you won't know what he loves and what he hates unless you really spend time reading his mm-hmm. love letters. 66 love letters. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom, she was saved when she was 76. Wow. And she reads the Bible through about twice every year. That's you know, amazing. I love what in early morning you could see her reading you know, if you're there, you could see her reading the Bible. Mm-hmm. She doesn't know anything else that's going on around her. She's got a magnifying glass, <laughs> and she's reading the Bible. It's so beautiful to watch. Mm-hmm. God's preparing us for eternity, and his mm-hmm. word is the most important thing that we have in this life because it mm-hmm. draws us close to him so that we can fall in love with his word and in love with the God of this word. Mm-hmm. But chapter 14, this whole thing doesn't end there. God is still going to try to reach Jeroboam one last time. Wow. Wow, I would have given up on him like a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, but God, his mercy never ends. His mercy is to a thousand generations. Mm. His judgment is only to the third and fourth. Mm. And that's the way we're to live our lives, not give up on people. Mm. And so God is going to send Jeroboam one last shot over the bow. And here it is. His son, whom apparently Israel loves. Huh. We don't know how old he is. But in the scriptures of chapter 14, we know that Israel loves the son of Jeroboam. His name is Abijah. And what's interesting about this young man is that God is going to do something that I've never seen him do before up to this point in scripture. Mm -hmm. He is going to cause this boy to be sick. Huh. Now, Whenever you have a child that's sick, that's one of the worst things, you know. And God doesn't isn't always the one that's doing this to correct us or bring judgment. Um, most of the time, when God allows a child to be sick, what I have found is that God's love is wanting them to be with Him. I just love this, and that's exactly what's happening here. Mm. You're going to see in the text that this child is going to die because God saw something good in him. Whoa. You ever seen that before? I, I mean, not, not necessarily, no. <laughs> not necessarily, no. Well, I was thinking like Jesus, but Jesus wasn't a child. And I mean, I haven't, I haven't seen it now. Okay, well, let's look at it. We're going to close here. This is, uh, this is a pretty easy chapter here. But um, Abijah, the son of Jeroboam, fell sick. This is in chapter 14, verse 1. And Jeroboam said to his wife, arise and what? Disguise yourself. Hmm. What's interesting is that Josiah, okay, at the very end of his life, just before he dies, in the cause of his death is, guess what? He disguises himself. This is a huge framing device. Hmm. Here, Jeroboam says to his wife, I want you to go and talk to the prophet. And they just died? Nope. Um, it's a prophet named Ahijah. Oh. And disguise yourself so that when you get there, he doesn't know that it's you because he probably doesn't like me. 
So I want you to disguise yourself and let them know that we have a sick son and see what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So his wife dresses up as a non-king's wife. Mm-hmm. And she gets there and God speaks to Ahijah Some and says... Clothes. Huh? Some peasant clothes. Peasant clothes, probably. And God says to Ahijah... Um, hey, Jer- Jeroboam's wife. <laughs> is on, his, on her way. And when she gets here, I want you to give her the news that... Her son's going to die by the time she steps back into her house. Wow. Now, if I was her, I would never go back home. Really? As soon as I go home, I'm, my son's going to die. <laughs> what would you do? Uh, I would talk to the prophet a little more. Yeah, and he says... I'd say, wait, do you mean like as soon as I step in or like... Yeah. As soon as I step back into my house, he's going to die. Huh. She knows that by her stepping back home, he's going to die. Tells you a little bit about who she is and who Jeroboam is. All right. they care about is getting what they want. Mm-hmm. They're not. They don't care about repentance and what God was looking for. Mm-hmm. So she um, she hears the news. She goes back home and immediately this is immediately the son dies. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a prophecy. Anyone, verse eleven, belonging to Jeroboam who dies in the city. The dogs are going to eat, and anyone who dies in the open country, the birds of the heavens shall eat, for the Lord has spoken it. Um, Therefore, when your feet enter into your house, the child's going to die in all Israel. But notice this, Molly. This is so cool. Anyone? Why would they say this? Anyone who belonging to Jeroboam is going to die and not be buried, except for guess who? Hmm. This child. Wait, I thought that he was the one who's going to die when she came back. He is. The child's going to die, but he'll be buried. Anyone else belonging to Jeroboam are going to die and not be buried. Oh, got it. Wait, why is he getting the privilege of burial? Let's look at it. Verse 13, And all Israel shall mourn for him and bury him, for he only of Jeroboam shall come to the grave, because in him there is found something pleasing to the Lord, the God of Israel Hmm. in the house of Jeroboam. Oh, wow. Isn't that something? The Lord still has like some special protection for those who love him. The only righteous person in the entire kingdom was the son of Jeroboam. Hmm. And God, knowing what's going to happen through Jeroboam, God takes this child early and Hmm. takes him home to be with him, to spare him from all the evil that's going to come upon Mm -hmm. this kingdom. This is an act of God's amazing love. This child dies so that God can have him with him mm. and not experience all the bad stuff that's going to go on with his dad and his mom. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. You know, of course, we don't want to see a child die. No. But this is God's heart, bringing a child home to him whom he loves. That's beautiful. Yeah. Um, it is really beautiful. So what do you have here at the very end? Jeroboam doesn't get it. Verse 17. Then Jeroboam's wife arose and departed and came to Tisra. And as she came to the threshold of the house, the child died, and all Israel buried him and mourned for him. How? According to the word of the Lord. Hmm. And that ends this whole framing of the life of Jeroboam. He lost his own son. He lost his kingdom. He loses everything Mm -hmm. for one reason, because he did not want to listen to the word of the Lord. 
Molly, this comes down to one thing. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but... But by every word that comes out of the mouth of the Lord. Yeah. Isn't that great? Mm-hmm. This is the teaching. This is the framing. This is the context of this whole story of Jeroboam. Man shall not live by bread alone. Let's be diligent in seeking God's truth to guide our lives and recognize how to discern mm-hmm. the things that God brings into our life. What is he trying to teach us? And does it align with his word? That's good. God bless. You've been listening to Fastened Like Nails, a presentation of Lamplighter Ministries. Our mission is to make ready a people prepared for the Lord by building Christ-like character one story at a time. To learn more about our family collection of rare books, dramatic audios, or guild programs, visit lamplighter.net. To hear more podcasts, search for Fastened Like Nails wherever you listen to podcasts. A beautiful mother. Remember the verse Father taught you. Be strong and of a good courage. A precocious little son. If that's what God wants me to be, then I will try. And a train destined for the deepest darkness they have ever known. Six-year-old Willie Fair is dead. But as his father comes to retrieve the body... I can't find him. Willie is not dead after all. He's been captured by a band of gypsies who drug him and force him into a life of stealing. Mama. Oh, your father, your mama, boy. But I think you might be the best treasure yet. The White Gypsy, a story of God's persevering redemption, his relentless love, and his surprising way of bringing us truly home. Bring this redemptive story home to your family. Order your copy of the White Gypsy audio drama. Go to lamplighter.net lamplighter.net